You're listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Welcome back to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast by Ohio State fans for Ohio State fans from the West Coast. I'm your host, Zach Moore. It's Thursday, November 3rd, and this evening, I'm very happy to be joined once again by fellow South Stands contributor Paige Van Horn from Denver. PBH, how's it going, my friend? It's going well, buddy. Good to talk to you. It's Thursday. Snowing. It's a good day. It's a good day. <laughs> All right, man. Good to hear your voice. We are also joined by fellow contributor Chad Plummer from Cleveland CP. What's the word from the 216? What up? What up, boys? All good. The 216, man. It's uh, 70 degrees today. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. That's balmy for this time of year. Yeah, it's it's warmer there like, than it is here. That's for sure. I know. It's crazy, man. It's yeah. supposed to be uh, nice. So we get a little, uh, little adding a little to the golf time. It's kind of nice. <laughs> Very nice. Well, look, there's a lot for us to discuss tonight, gentlemen. The first playoff rankings were just released on Tuesday. There's a great slate of games this Saturday, which does not include Ohio State Northwestern. Not um, at all. But it's going to have a major impact on the playoff race. So Ohio State fans obviously tuning in, very interested in, in how those games will go. I would love to talk about those games. And I also wouldn't mind having a quick look back at Ohio State's win over Penn State as well. Our listeners have not yet had an opportunity to hear your takes on that performance, fellas. And uh, and then last but not least, we, we actually do need to talk a little bit about the Buckeyes' visit to Evanston to take on the Wildcats. Actually, why, why don't we get that out of the way first, guys? Um, yeah. num- number two, Ohio State. They're the freshly minted number two uh, in the college football playoff rankings. They visit Evanston this Saturday to take on the woeful Northwestern Wildcats. The game is a noon Eastern kick on ABC. That's 11 a.m. Central, by the way. The line is Ohio State minus 38. The over-under is 55. Now, Pat Fitzgerald's squad comes into this contest at 1-7. Losers of seven in a row. Ouch. Uh, last week, Iowa pounded Northwestern. I think they put up like 33 points on them. That's an offensive explosion for the Hawkeyes. Um, Northwestern's only win this season came in the opener. That was against Nebraska in Dublin, Ireland um, that, that opening weekend. Now, the Wildcats don't do anything particularly well. They're 93rd nationally in total offense. They're 110th in offensive yards per play. They're 107th in rushing offense. At, now, they're not completely inept throwing the ball, but they're not very good at that either. They're 59th nationally throwing the ball. The other side of the ball, the numbers are just about as bleak. 94th nationally in total defense, 95th in defensive yards per play. About the only thing Northwestern might have going for them in this game might be the weather. There's a 50% chance of rain on Saturday that could make for some sloppy field conditions. I believe Northwestern is still playing on natural turf. That might help slow the Buckeyes offense down a little bit. We'll see. Maybe, well, that and the 11 a.m. kick. Um, the Buckeyes lead the all-time series between these two schools, 64 to 14 with one tie. Ohio State has won the last nine. The last time these two teams met was in the 2020 Big Ten title game. Now, we remember, guys, Northwestern gave the Buckeyes a little scare in that one. They really bottled up Justin Fields in the Ohio State passing game. Northwestern led 10 to 6 at the half, but we remember Trey Sermon just exploded for 331 yards, setting the school record for a uh, you know, single-game rushing record. And the Buckeyes would pull away late for a 22 to 10 win. Northwestern's last win in this series was in 2004 in Evanston. Paige, I think you remember that one. You were getting 
shit from your father-in-law in that yeah, game. The only, <laughs> the only time they've lost in the last 20 years, I sat across my, my uh, <laughs> father-in-law at a bar in Chicago and just had to take three hours of abuse. Oh, I, still, I, I actually painful. laughed about that this week, thinking about it. <laughs> now, that was a 33-27 win for the Wildcats, but uh, that is way, way, way far in the rear view. So, fellas, look, I don't think we need to spend a lot of time breaking this one down. PVH, why don't you give us one or two thoughts on this matchup along with your concernometer score. Yeah, the weather is the thing. Um, it could be a letdown game too. Uh, I, I guess I'm kind of surprised it's only 38. I would have thought it yeah. more than that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, uh, I yeah, there I, there's just there's just not like you said. There's not much meat on this bone to pick apart. Mm -hmm. I think. Um, you know, I, I one one thing I think a high state needs to maybe do is get the offensive line going again and establish the run a little bit more. Mm -hmm. um, that's been a little tepid the last couple of weeks. But, it has. You know, I don't know. I kind of have a sneaking suspicion. I don't think it's going to be close, but I just I think with the weather and the 11 a.m. start coming off of Penn State, they're probably going to be a little bit flat. Um, yeah. So I'm thinking it won't. Be, they might not just run away with it. I think that's probably why a line. I mean, I guess 38 is quite a lot for a Big Ten opponent. 55, but I think 55s come down a little bit. Um, but yeah, to me, if there's one one thing to 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 watch is I'd like to see us just run the ball with mm -hmm. a little bit more authority. Um, and other than that, you know, keep doing what you're doing on defense. Keep doing what you're doing with the passing game. And, okay. Uh, they'll they'll get out of there with a W. You got a concernometer score for us? Two point five. Two point five. Okay. CP, how about you? Give us a thought or two on this matchup and your concernometer score. Um, you know what? I I think it uh, it might only be thirty eight because I think they're expecting some uh, pretty bogus weather up in the Chicago area this weekend. So I think that might have something to play into it. I you know. I don't see uh, this being any much like you know much of a problem. Um, I, I agree with Paige. I would like to see the O line get out early and you know build some holes for the, the you know the running game, get that going, and then let CJ just you know do what he do and throw the ball to that uh, abundance <laughs> of uh, talent in that uh, receiver room. Um, consider, okay. Concern a meter is probably a seven point five. <laughs> <laughs> do you mean a negative 7.5 <laughs> that's the tequila talking yeah that's like you know i'm usually at a half you know or one concerning me yeah northwestern i'm gonna jack that up to seven to seven but okay no, i'm looking uh like you know i like the defense is just looking great i'll tell you what you know we'll get into that but you know i'm looking for uh zach harrison to follow up his uh his game last week i mean obviously what can you say about jtt but you know I mean, that was just, you know, I've heard multiple people um, just listening to, um, you know, talk radio, serious and that type of thing. Like, like multiple, you know, saying JTT was like the, probably the best defensive performance they've they've seen yeah. in their lifetime. It, it, it was for me as well. Amazing. <clears throat> well, hold that thought there, CP, because I do want to get your thoughts on last week's Penn State game. For me, I think it's play to your standard, Ohio State, not the competition. Paige, you mentioned it. 11 a.m. Central kick, you know, CPU mentioned it. Sounds like we're going to have a little weather. Buckeyes are coming off their biggest win of the season so far. Uh, they're going to need to bring their own juice. 
for this game, I think. So avoid the hangover performance. Play to your standard. Take care of business. I agree with you, PBH. This could be, I'm expecting it to be, a get-right game for the Buckeye rushing attack. I'd like to see if Trey Henderson can build on that fourth quarter he had last week against Penn State. He's pretty good in the fourth quarter. 55 yards rushing, two touchdowns. Two really big touchdowns, actually. Came in big moments for Ohio State. Now, I'm not expecting to see Mayan Williams in this game. We'll see. Maybe he does play. So I think there's an opportunity here for either Dallin Hayden or Chip Trainum to get some carries. And honestly, guys, I wouldn't mind seeing what one of those kids can do. So that's what I'm really looking well, for. Well, you were calling for it at halftime. Yeah. <laughs> last when we, we talked at the Penn State game. You're like, I'd play that guy. What did you have to lose uh, at that stage? Fruition, right? but yeah. Yeah. Well, Trey, you know, Trey Henderson eventually did get it going, but I, yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing, you know, give give one of these guys a, a few carries um, in the game, um, you know, I, well, certainly in this one. And and they got several others after this before Michigan where maybe maybe you 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 play three backs and you, you sprinkle in a few carries for either Hayden or Trainum. So that's what I'm going to be looking for. My concern on me to score I, for the first time is below yours, PBH. I'm, I'm a one on the concern <laughs> meter. Wow. So this is unusual. Like, maybe this like, is a maybe this is a bad is omen. This a, is this the first time that there's ever been below like a three or five? Or uh, yeah, it, it's it's rare. It's rare that I come down this low on the concerno meter. And I got I don't know. Maybe this is a bad omen, man. Uh, I'm a pretty superstitious guy. But yeah, one one point zero on the concerno meter score. Not very concerned about this one. Okay, let's go to score predictions. PVH, kick it back to you. Give us your score prediction. Oh, I'm gonna go. 41 to 3. 41 to 3. Okay. And CP, how about you? Um, I'm going to stay in the 50s. Um, <laughs> right. I love I'm going to go 57, 57 to 7. 57, 7. Wow, by 50. Woo. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I suppose that's possible. I guess, you know, weather permitting – you know, if that if the full arsenal of that offense is available, I I could certainly see a score like that happening in this one. I got Ohio State forty nine seven in this one, and PVH. I I I think that scenario you painted for us is is realistic. Might take Ohio State a quarter quarter and a half to wake up and uh, and get going in this one. It's just you know eleven a.m. kick, half empty stadium, shitty weather, and a and a, an opponent you know you've got beat as soon as you take the field, basically. It's just so frustrating these early starts. It's just it's it's got to stop. It just drives me crazy. <laughs> I mean, they're good. They're going to potentially give us what like five of our last six games. Or the game, you know, it's going to start at yeah. noon. It's just like stop it, you guys. God damn it. It's absurd. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah we know man. we know Michigan will be at noon for sure, and then it's just a question of I believe the the time. For Maryland, certain I don't certainly hasn't been set. Yeah, I don't think they've announced the, the those. Have they announced Indiana yet? And no. no, I believe they're using the six day window to okay. to set the time on that. They'll look at what the other matchups are. So I guess there's hope there. Maybe one of the, there'll be a later start in that game. I mean, when they when when we were one and two against Michigan, they made it a night or what a three. Like could that's that right. Potentially happen again. No, I don't think so because Fox has that game and they yeah, love they that noon window. Game, That's yeah. their brand. Damn, the Trump, Fox. <laughs> the, the, like the, the World Series kind of screwed up like I think last week. Oh, I don't think the World Series had anything to do with it. I think it's Fox. They they love that noon window and they want all their biggest games in that noon window. That's just that's their that's their brand, the big noon kick. Hmm. 
All right. Boo. <laughs> Boo. Boo is right. <laughs> All right. So before we look at some of the other juicy top 25 games happening around the country, I, I do want to get your takes on Ohio State's performance last week in Happy Valley against Penn State. Pretty nice win, a 44 to 31 win for the Buckeyes. CP, you've already mentioned it. JT Tui Maloa went nuts. I agree. I thought that was the greatest, most dominant, most impactful performance by an Ohio State defensive player in a single game that I've ever seen. It was another huge game for Marvin Harrison Jr. The two of those two, Tui Maloa and Harrison Jr., just kind of announced themselves as superstars to the world. I thought CJ Stroud was also really good. There were some issues, though, that we'll get into. So, PVH, I'm going to kick this back to you. What stood out to you in the performance against Penn State last Saturday? Well, I was thinking about it and I was comparing it to the Iowa game, right? So was that right. like a glass half full or a glass half, half empty game? And for Iowa, I was kind of, yeah, that was not a great performance. That was definitely a glass half full game. Right. Penn, Penn State. Or glass I, half you know, empty. You thought Iowa was glass half, half, half empty. empty. Yeah, okay. Bad. Hey, PVH, um, could you hold for one second? I just got uh, some, I'm hearing something from the BDB that. Uh, oh, what's that? U- UTEP just went up on Rice 7-zip. They scored first. <laughs> so, sorry about that. I just wanted to let you guys. Uh, it's, I, I love those BDP ticker uh, <laughs> updates. <laughs> um, I, dude, I mean, we kind of both predicted it, right? Right. Like, for whatever reason, Penn State gives us their best game of the year. They just do. Yep. Um, and so in Happy Valley, I wasn't surprised by that. No. And, um, you know, my Caserno meter that game was, it didn't really, like, I never really thought they would lose. Um, I heard you, you know, you mentioned um, when Eichenberg didn't tackle that guy yeah. uh, on that fourth down play, which was about the most frustrating sequence of, right? They missed those two field goals and then they end up scoring a touchdown. You're like, yeah, this might not be a high state. Well, game, I mean, but- Penn State got nine lives on that drive. Yeah. I'll get it in that second. Go ahead, PBH. Um, but my God, they can just turn it around. And I think the biggest, my biggest takeaway of the whole thing is Stroud could easily throw 20 straight incompletions and it doesn't affect him. Like mm-hmm. I, he he will then drop three dimes on those guys. Perfect balls. Uh, he is, he's pretty much on just unflappable. Right. Yeah. It, it's astounding. Right. Yeah. And so, um, you know, it, it was, it was an amazing fourth quarter, obviously. Um, and, as well as the defense played and, you know, as much accolades as they received for that rightfully so. And I would almost make the argument that the defense is, if not surpassed the offense, I wouldn't go that far, but they're, they're, they're not far behind. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I mean, we can clearly win a game just with our defense, which is just astounding where we were two years ago. And uh, Jim Knowles is earning every cent of that $2 million. I agree. Um, My overarching, you know, thought was, Man, like CJ is just, he's freaking clutch. And yeah. um, you cannot count him out. And if if it's, you know, even remotely close, if we ever get to that and he's, you know, down these next few games, I wouldn't count that guy out because he's just got ice running through his veins. I agree with you. Yeah, I I, I totally agree with you. Um, CP, I'm going to kick it over to you. What, what uh, any overarching thoughts from the performance against Penn State last week that you want to share? You know, I it was uh, I, I'm laying on the couch there, like sitting on the couch, up and down. I'm just like, you know, 
like what, what freaking out i mean redlining to be honest i'm like oh my <laughs> god what 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 is going i'm like i'm like seriously like what the fuck is going on here like this just don't let this happen lord i'm getting out pacing around you know mm-hmm. i was i you know i i thought we'd pull it off at the end of the game but like i mean just some just stupid just decision making. I, I, these screen passes, Dave. Oh, like yeah. I, I, those, those have got to stop. Yeah. Um, Turn those out of the playbook, please. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That frustrates the hell out of me. Um, yeah. The, screen, you know the screen plays. I made this comment on the post game. Those are like, uh, it's like driving a Ferrari through a school zone, right? Like what, the, the biggest waste of those resources that they have, <laughs> right? I mean, you've got Marvin Harrison Jr., you've got Emeka Buka, you've got Julian Fleming. And uh, they showed us later in the game that those throws down the field were there all all day. And yet they're throwing these screen plays against a good secondary, a secondary that tackles really well. And I think, the, the, I mean, the Penn State secondary was, they just devoured those things. Mm-hmm. So I'm with you, CP. Tear those goddamn things out of the playbook. Please don't run those anymore. It is a total waste of the talents of the Ohio State passing game. Sorry, go ahead. No, it's all good, man. I, I you know, it, the offensive line, I mean, they came together in like the second half. I mean, you know, like the defense, what, like there was, aside from, you know, obviously the obvious, like JTT, like, you know, there was some like Tyreek Williams, like, you know, there's some players that stepped up. Tyreek Williams is um, very good. Yeah, yeah, he was. He looked really good. Um, you know, the defensive backs, I think at times, like st- there was some big hits, man. Steel Chambers had a couple huge hits. Um, you know, like, I, and I tell you, Jack, uh, you know, Sawyer, he doesn't get, you know, obviously the accolades because like, but he definitely, as far as like, you know, the tackles and, and that type of thing, but he is, I do see him in there, like, you know, putting pressure on the quarterback and, and, and that type of thing. Zach Harrison, as I, you know, I got a little, uh, he was good yeah. uh, earlier. Yeah. He's, he's been balling out. Um, but you know, it's, it's, it's good to see. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And it, and it really, you know, I mean, yesterday is yesterday, but it just it makes you sick to just to think if we would have had somebody like, you know, Knowles, like, you know, five years ago and like what we'd have now. It's just insane because this defense is only going to get better and better, Yeah. Um, you know, with the recruits that are coming in and um, and, you know, one year under his belt. It's just it's, it's exciting, um, you know, yeah. to put an offense with like Day and, and Knowles and defense it's just uh it's it's uh it's a celebration um and i'm looking forward to it you know cj like you know but he's got an arm man the kid, the kid can throw the ball um mm-hmm. you know i know last year like still i and i used to like like give shit about the mullet this and that but you know he he throws dimes man yeah he does i mean in stride dimes oh lays it over the shoulder it's just like some of the passes on the, and we scored what do we score four touchdowns within a span of six minutes last week 28-3 run in this within a span of six minutes yeah no i i'm with you um the the play it was a weird box score and i mentioned this in the post game pod because penn state finished with 482 yards of total offense and sean clifford's box score at, at least at first glance looks impressive 371 yards passing and three touchdowns but he had those four catastrophic turnovers which is what you can all and we said this in the pregame pod right you can always count on Sean Clifford for that. Hey, you want Sean Clifford to, you're going to drop him back 47 times to pass? Yes, please. I'll take that because he's yeah. going to make plays, right? We saw him make some nice throws. He made some nice plays, but he's also going to kill you 
with catastrophic turnovers, and he had two in the fourth quarter that were just devastating. You know, the 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 strip sack that Tui Malowau caused, and then the pick six to Tui Malowau, and that was lights out. But to your point, yeah, the the thing you have to guard against if you're an Ohio State opponent is their ability to go on these runs in a four or five minute span and put up 28, you know, 21, 28 points on you and turn your lights out. And they did that again against Penn State. I wish they could, they would have done it sooner. And I, I actually thought they were kind of on their way to doing it sooner because, you know, they kicked the go-ahead field goal in the third quarter. Penn State gets the ball back toward the end of the third quarter. And the, then the drive extends into the start of the fourth quarter. And it's second and seven. Sean Clifford gets sacked for nine yards. It's third and 16. And this is the start of the nine lives that Penn State had on that go-ahead scoring drive, right? They got a bullshit pass interference penalty on on J.K. Which Johnson. Which is the only way they were converting that. By I, the way. I mean, I, I, remember, it, I, dry, I was screaming, oh, just don't interfere with him. And sure right. enough, he just tackled. And you know, he he was a little beat on the play. There was some hand fighting. I thought there was some contact. I didn't think there was enough to throw a flag, especially with the ball sailing over the receiver's head by, you know, 10 yards. It was a total Hail Mary. Hail Mary. They throw that flag every time in college football. Every time. Every single time. And then later in that drive, you had the back-to-back missed field goals by the Penn State place kicker. One was because of a false start, which is a dead ball foul, and Ohio State couldn't decline it. And then the next one was this obscure uh, elite defensive illegal formation. I mean, what when the hell do they ever call that? That gave Penn State new life. After that, James Franklin decides to roll his first team offense out there to go for it on fourth and one, and they're successful. But then after that, several plays after that, uh, the Penn State receiver, Michael Tinsley, Fumbles the ball on his way to the end zone. It's at the goal line. Penn State manages to recover it. So I don't know how many lives they got uh, on this drive. And then even after all those breaks, Penn State was fucking life and death to punch it into the end zone on fourth and one. And that was the play that you referenced earlier, PBH, where Tommy Eichenberg had the play diagnosed and he had Katron Allen dead to rights in the backfield and somehow couldn't bring him down. That was the only moment in the game where I thought we might lose. Because Eichenberg has been making those plays all year long. Dude, he had like he, he, have, he had one earlier in the game too. I think he it did. was third or fourth down where he had the guy dead uh, right in the back. He back. did. Yep. You know, it funny enough, that was the good. same drive where Tyleek Williams actually got the fourth down stop. So it was just earlier in that drive. So, you know, Penn State converts two fourth and ones on the drive. They survive two missed field goal attempts by their kicker. They get new life after both of those. They get a total gift in a pass interference penalty on third and a million. And, you know, they were still life and death to punch it in, to take the lead. And then Ohio State turns right around in, what was it? 35 seconds, three plays, mm-hmm. <laughs> touchdown. So um, I, yeah, I that thought- that kind of took the wind out of its sails. Big time. And there was a play in the second half. There was a couple, there was some other weirdness too. Uh, you know, Ohio State didn't tackle well in this game. It seemed like maybe they weren't ready for the physicality of the Penn State receivers, especially Parker Washington. He reminds me a little bit of, of Emeka Buka or JSN. And he's a sturdy guy and he's tough to bring down. He can run through arm tackles and run through contact. He had 80 yards after the catch, Parker Washington did, 179 yards receiving on 11 receptions, 14 targets. He was really good. But, you know, the one long touchdown play he had that went for 58 yards, that should have been, look, I mean, Ohio State has tackled well in the secondary for the most part. That should have been a nine-yard gain. Instead, we had, we had two guys in the area. We blitzed on the play. And this is one of those plays where we talk about Jim Knowles is kind of willing to live with, 
with yeah. giving one away, right? Because he's aggressive. He sends the house and, um, you know, we miss a tackle. Washington's off the races. So I, th- I thought that was kind of a fluky play. And then uh, there was another pass completion that Sean Clifford had. I swear to God, he was over the line of scrimmage when he threw it. It was a 42-yard completion to Theo Johnson. That set up their second touchdown of the game. <clears throat> Pardon me. So there was some flukiness in the game. Penn State had a couple of big plays that you wouldn't normally see against Ohio State. And uh, then you saw that you got the garbage time touchdown in the fourth quarter after the outcome had been decided. Ohio State was content to let Penn State march down the field and burn a bunch of clock. So I thought the defense overall was great. The Maybe the stat line, the final stat line isn't going to show that, but I thought they were hugely impactful in this game. Uh, PBH is going to kick this back to you. Any any other thoughts about the Penn State game last week? No, I think you're right. I mean, it was they they had nine lives in that game. The turnovers killed them. Yeah. Um, it, you know, you eliminate those, um, and and who knows how that thing turns out. But I, the one one thing I, w- I was wondering about, and and tell me I'm wrong, but I I feel like Mike Hall's kind of fallen off. The last He's been quiet. Years. Yeah. Yeah, he had the, what was it, the three sacks and like seven snaps played against Michigan State, I think it was. They only they only yeah. played him on on uh, like uh, passing downs. And he was kind of very quiet against Iowa. You know, he has a shoulder injury that he's been nursing. But hmm. uh, but I don't know, maybe Penn State, you know, they had to account for him and that freed up Tui Malo out. And Zach yeah, Harrison. Well, and I yeah. think I think Williams had a real nice game. He was I disruptive in, in, in that game. And you know, maybe I, you know, I don't, I can't pay, you know, or, or I don't pay that much attention like the rotation and stuff like that. But then afterwards, I was thinking about it. I was like, oh, you know, Hall's been a little bit quiet these last few games. I mean, mm-hmm. he was disruptive for us. And but then it was good to see Williams step in his place. And if Hall's dinged up, get him healthy because we're going to need him here. Yeah. Towards the stretch run. Yeah. No, I agree. I um I think they're really, really good on the defensive line. I mean, think of how many players on that unit have flashed this year. By the way, JT Tuimaloa, Zach Harrison in consecutive weeks, PFF's highest graded defensive player in the country. I mean, wow. think about last year, right? I mean, we, the the performance of the defense, very few accolades, very few uh, you know flashes from the defense. And you you gone down the line. I mean, how many kids can you mention? that have flashed for this defense in, in major ways, in big moments. I mean, Tyleek Williams, I thought that was the best game of his career. We saw flashes last year, mainly in garbage time against you know inferior opponents. But that to me was his best performance in a, in a moment that really, really mattered. Um, CP, I'm going to kick this back to you. Anything else from the Penn State performance you want to share? Well, you know what? Um, I'm a little uh, disappointed on the uh, discipline um, you know, like the, the field goal kicker misses two field goals right in a row. Right. And like, we give him like, you know, give him a chance. And then like, I know you guys like to, that, that, that concerns me a little bit. Yeah. Um, I'm sure Knowles will have them, you know, <laughs> I'm sure he gave them an earful on that shit. Um, <laughs> you know, Sunday or Monday, but, uh, you know, cause like we see that time and time again, like just like so, just stupid mistakes. Um, but other than that, man, like, you know, I'm just, I'm so happy. Th- that we won that game i mean obviously but yeah i just you know it was a uh it just a couple hours it just uh, you know freaked me out my anxiety <laughs> levels were just not 
Yeah. Really. I mean, this is how it goes. I mean, this is, you know, I, I'm i not falling for it again, right? I'm never calling for another Ohio State blowout over Penn State because this is how it typically goes. Paige, yeah. you and I had this one. We figured this is what how it would happen. I was going to say, if either if either of us were going to claim uh, this to be a reset expectation game, we, we couldn't rightly do that, right? Because it, it played out exactly as we expected. In fact, I think you even said you thought Ohio State would have a defensive score to kind of close out the game. I'm pretty sure you did. Um, yeah. So I, we, yeah. Were, we were on that. <laughs> I, yeah. 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 Um, got me. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll run with it. <laughs> no, I think I did, actually. You did. I didn't you call did. for a safety, though, did I? But you know what? Uh, did, like you, I, did you guys notice like the uh, – I, I don't know if it was Clatt. I think it was Clatt, but he's like – after Penn State scored that last touch, he goes, I know there's a lot of people out there right now are not happy about that score. spread Because they, <laughs> yeah. like, they had covered until that. And he was like, oh, God. I was laughing. Yeah. Well, okay, okay, can I do 60 seconds? Of on... course, go ahead. So Sloaner and I, so four, four item half, or parlay. Um, oh, boy. Penn State plus eight and a half in the first half, under. And the under was 31. The halftime score was 16 to 14. So we... We, we had those. hit that hit that um and then for the full game we had the over and um uh ohio state minus 13 and a half and when jtt picked that off right i mean there was nine minutes left to go there was no shot that game was going over there was no shot that they were going to cover jtt picks that off and it was enough that we had 25 on it but it was going to pay 12 Hundred. Oh, <laughs> they scored that garbage touchdown. Bye bye. No. <laughs> oh man, all the way, all that's, down the drain. That's why you don't gamble, kids. That's, <laughs> that, yeah. that's the, the lesson of the day, children. Don't gamble. You and Sloan I mean, were probably freaking out just through the phone from Brooklyn well, dude, to like so Denver. It, like when he got when that JTT, with yeah. JTT score, I ran and got my phone because I'd left my phone in the basement. And then when we started that comeback, the superstition. Oh, and by the way, we did full wardrobe changes over here with Juan. I changed my shirt, <laughs> but I changed the logo. <laughs> my nice. Drew came over. I took off my one South stands hat, put on my other. I mean, it was just superstition uh, awesome. over here, but my phone was downstairs. And then when JTT picked, pick that off i went and got my phone and i was mid text to sloan and i stopped because i knew he would chastise me to no end if i sent it to him and it still didn't freaking work we still didn't make the goddamn bet, <laughs> but whatever. oh my god well uh you know it, it is interesting the other thing i wanted to talk about and i mentioned this in the in the pregame pod that this would be close we had a good you know we had a good feeling that it would be and also people would try to draw conclusions about ohio state and michigan based on this result. And certainly folks are starting to are, are doing that. I heard Colin Cowherd yesterday, or it was the day before, talking about how much more impressive Michigan looked against Penn State relative to Ohio State. And therefore oh. he thinks he's been on the Michigan bandwagon all year. And you've he heard some others doing that. Jock. Yeah, it totally. Michigan and USC. He's a clown. Yeah, yeah. But uh, but you know, folks are doing that, and I suppose you know that's one thing that the playoff committee is supposed to be doing is comparing common opponents. You just got to be careful about applying the transitive property. Ohio State and Michigan had six common opponents last year. Ohio State went six and zero against them. Michigan wins five and one against them. I think Ohio State outscored the point differential against those six opponents was like Ohio State two twenty plus 220. And for Michigan, it was like plus 70. So, and, and then the one game that Michigan did lose, Michigan State, Ohio State 
beat that opponent by like seven touchdowns. And then what happened in that game? Michigan kicked our ass. So you got to be careful about applying the transitive property here. Did you guys, by the way, happen to see any of that Michigan-Michigan State game at all? I didn't yeah, I did play. a little bit. Like I, I watched I, a little bit of the first half and then like just yeah. kind of flipping, you know, second half. Yeah, I, I watched uh, the better part of it. My father-in-law wanted to watch it. So we, I watched the better part of it. And you know, Michigan's got some issues in the red zone, boys. And I, I, I have to wonder, like, what are they when uh, Blake Corum can't run for 200 yards? They're very limited in the passing game. They have to really struggle in the red zone. I think they had six trips into the Michigan State red zone, five or six drives into the Michigan State red zone, had to settle for five field goals. Michigan State stinks. That defense is terrible. Awful. And then the other thing that uh, stood out to me in that game is they have a big six foot four, 215 pound receiver named Keon Coleman, I believe. And they they could not deal with him. It was the only he was the only player that did anything against that Michigan defense. I think he finished with like 160 yards receiving. He was just snatching the balls away from the Michigan secondary. Six foot four, what 215, 220. Who's that remind you of? Does that remind you of a certain Ohio State receiver who's just been like nobody can defend? Yeah, so dad's in the Hall of Fame, maybe. Yeah, it's dad's in the Hall of Fame. So I just thought it was really interesting. Um Nobody seems to be talking about it yet nationally. Michigan, this this happened against Iowa. This happened against Penn State. And it's one thing not to be able to score in the red zone against those defenses. Okay, fine. Right? Those are quality defenses. You're not going to score touchdowns every time you're in the red zone against them. But, you know, Michigan State. So, I, I and, you know, I, I do really wonder, like, what happens when Michigan can't rely for big plays out of its run game and they have to lean on JJ McCarthy. I think that is a real legitimate question. Oh, it's, it's huge. The, like it's a huge point. Like, because like, when is that even going to get to like, you know, between now, like, uh, like I don't know Michigan's uh, schedule, you know, by heart. I it's terrible. Really, it's, I have no idea. Well, they do get Illinois. Bad. They do get Illinois the week no, before they play us. That, that and Illinois watch, has a legit D. Yes, they do. And they can run the football. Yeah. So not a lot of national dialogue around the limitations of the Michigan offense. Uh, it'll all be settled on the field, of course, on November 26th. But that stood out to me last week as as something that, something to watch as, as we move forward. All right, fellas, why don't we spin this forward to this Saturday? There is a ton of action, oh, uh, of very yeah. intriguing games, um, starting with number one, Tennessee, the newly minted number one team in the country, Tennessee, uh, visiting Georgia, Athens, Georgia, to play the Bulldogs. They're number three. The over-under in this game is 66 and a half. The line is UGA minus eight. Who do we like in this game? Chad, I want to kick this to you. Who do you like in this matchup? Well, you know, there's a, like Georgia took a big hit. Um, their uh, number one outside linebacker, Nolan Smith, um, he's their best pass rusher. He's out for the season. Ooh, I hadn't heard that. Born right pectoral muscles. So uh, that, that that hurts. That um, does, you know, literally. Especially when you're going to want to. <laughs> literally and figuratively. Yep. <laughs> right. <exactly. Yeah. laughs> yeah. So, you know, I mean, definitely when you're wanting to put some like, you know, heat on that uh, quarterback. What's his name? Harry Hendon Baker. Hooker. Hendon Hooker. Yeah. yeah. Good you know player. I mean, so that's going to hurt. But, you know, it. I don't know. It, Tennessee, their, their offense, man. It's, it's, it's pretty it's stupid. Solid. Solid. Yeah, stupid. I'd say it's. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, you know, but 
we'll see. I mean, the, you look at the back at the Pitt game. I mean, you know, Pitt I mean, was running with him the entire game. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? I mean, I'm like, obviously everybody has those stumble blocks, like, you know, in the season. I mean, everybody's had like, oh, Kent State and like, who, who was it? George, Georgia. Was it Georgia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but, I, you know, it's going to be a game. I, you know, I would take, you know, if I were having, if I had to pick right now, Z. You do have take, to pick right now. Yeah. I do. Who wins this game, CP? Give it to us. I will take Georgia winning the game, but Tennessee will cover the spread. Okay. PVH, how about you? Yeah, I like Tennessee, man. I think they're for real. And you had them on what? Maybe sort of look ahead or upset watch against Kentucky. They kicked the shit out of that. Yeah. Um, I mean, I haven't seen them play that much. Um, Only, But I watched most of that Alabama game. Mm -hmm. It's a stiff test. Uh, Georgia, obviously, but I like Tennessee. I, th- I think Tennessee can win that game when it's straight up for sure. Wow. This is the second largest number one ranked underdog in uh, college football playoff history. No kidding. Yep. Wow. It's kind of crazy to think about with that, yeah, with that offense. Georgia's you know what I mean? Freaking roll them. I don't think Georgia's looked that great either since. I don't either. Oregon. I mean, yeah. Well, know. they didn't look great against Kent State at home. They eked that one out. They should have lost at Missouri. They were losing by double yeah. digits in the fourth quarter of that game. Yeah, uh, and then I mean, you Tennessee just have- beat Bama, but like, really, is Bama like all that this year? I really don't think that's they are. another game not we'll like, talk about. Count- yeah, I yeah. think yeah. I'm not counting them out. Like, like saying like you know they're not gonna like pull some Houdini shit and be somewhere at the end of the season. But like you know they're, they're they they're not that impressive. I mean Bryce Young, yeah, he's good, but I mean come on. Yeah, to me, it's whether or not the 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 Tennessee defense can hold up against the Georgia offense. Um, and if they can, I think I do think they win this game. I'm really torn on this one, man. That is a tough, a tough ask for Tennessee going to Georgia. But you know, I think they've got the best player in this game at the most important position. So I'm going to lean Tennessee on this one. I think they get it done in a tight one, high scoring, close. Um, I like Tennessee. All right, let's move on to uh, another intriguing SEC matchup. Number six, Alabama visits number 10, LSU. Looks like Brian Kelly's kind of getting, you know, getting things in order in Baton Rouge. However, Bama, pretty big favorite in this one. It's Alabama minus 13 and a half. The over-under is 60, oh, pardon me, 56 and a half. Bryce Young, wizard, magician, probably the best player in this game. I think there's no doubt about that. PVH, let me kick this to you. Who do you like in this game? So I know nothing about LSU other than who their coach is. They've lost twice. They've lost it? twice. Yes. Uh, Florida State yeah, to open. Yeah. Uh, yeah. This game is yeah. in Baton Rouge, and they they, they also should got, not be number ten right now in the college that's football where I'm going to Bullshit. This is well, this Tennessee. Let me mention this before you get your take. Tennessee crushed them, forty to yeah, thirteen. Yeah. Uh, that See, was this, this smells in Baton Rouge. to me of that SEC crap, right? Where they're just trying to inflate, you know, the rankings of these teams. Yeah. You know, yeah, to dude, make it like, look look better yeah exactly oh well we've lost to this like you know we lost to this highly ranked sec team you know so they're trying to build up the resume shit out of them yeah yeah that it kind of smells like that this is the the, these are the games where you never bet against saban right like (laughs) even though you know vegas is kind of on board with it right but come on really you're top 
it just drives me nuts. Yeah, well, I mean, LSU is at home and there's still a two touchdown underdog. I think that's yeah. something to, to be weird. I, I, I'm with you, PBH. I think this could be a good game just because there's some juice between these two programs and, you know, death, death, is it Death Valley there? Do they call that Death Valley? Do they call both yeah, they LSU do. and yeah. Clemson Death Valley? Don't they? Anyway. I, you know what I hope happens? I hope LSU wins it and they give Kelly like a lifetime contract for like $15 million a year, which is what most SEC schools hey, You know, I hope I'm rooting for LSU in this game because I want Bryce Young out of the playoff mix, man. That guy, I do not want to face that guy. But I, I, I tend to agree with you, PVH. I think Bama gets it done and they probably cover. All right. Another pretty intriguing matchup. Number four, Clemson visits unranked Notre Dame. Now, the line in this one, Clemson minus three and a half. Now, Clemson landed at number four in the initial college football playoff rankings, which was a surprise to a lot of people. A lot of people thought Michigan would be at four. Um, Notre Dame, look, I, they've been kind of a mystery this year, right? They played Ohio State tough. They just beat a pretty good Syracuse team. Syracuse. They handled a pretty solid BYU team in a, in a neutral field game in Las Vegas. But then, you know, they've had these inexplicable losses to Marshall and Stanford at home, which are just terrible. This game's being played at Notre Dame. Again, Clemson three and a half point favorite. CP, let me kick this to you. Who do you like in this game? Well, you guys know how much I love Debo. <laughs> yeah, these are your two favorite yeah, schools between yeah. Clemson and Notre Dame. I, I, card, yeah. I do, right. <laughs> Uh, it's funny. But yeah, these are my two favorite schools, um, Debo and the Irish. But <laughs> I'm going to go here and I'm going to say that this is going to be a, it's, it's going to get all the Irish faithful, all of the Catholics all over the world, like, you know, back on the Notre Dame. Oh, Marcus Freeman is great. The defense is going to step up and they're going to beat Clemson. Wow. And it's going all to right. make all the other like shit, like Marshall, all go away. Okay. But, uh, I think Clemson goes down and like they don't belong in the top like like top four right now. So and I and I hope and pray that happens. All right. Yeah. Well, we Ohio State fans are rooting for Notre Dame to win this game. I mean, we we you know we need we need them to get back Although up in the top twenty five to beef Clemson. up our resume. Uh, PVH, how about you? How do you see this game? Who, who wins well, it? So I was thinking about that though. Like, it, do, do we really though? Because probably not. Brock we win out. We're fine. Yeah. The winner of that game is going to be in the playoff, they would be major chaos. To, it, it, I mean, all the the stakes are going to be high in that game. That being said, I want, I said it last week, I would love to beat the shit out of Dabo in the playoff again. Um, but I'm also, <laughs> I, I really want Notre Dame to win this game. Um, yeah, and, me too. You know, with Freeman. And I actually think that it will. I think, I think Notre Dame gets it done. Okay. I'm going to go with you guys. I like Notre Dame in this one. I'll All be right. pulling for them. Hey, why not? You know, some weirdness with the quarterback situation. You know, it looked like DJU had kind of figured things out. And then I, th I believe it was last week. He really, really struggled. And, you know, they had to bring in the the young five-star off the bench. Yeah, it was against yeah against Syracuse, right? Uh, Uyunglele really, really struggled in that game. And uh, Debo had to turn to Cade Klubnik. Uh, for a good portion of that game. So, uh, yeah, I'm with you guys. I like uh, I like Notre Dame to win that, and I'll certainly be pulling for him. All right, fellas. So, By, by the way, I just got a, an update from the, the BDB. No way. It's a blizzard in Denver. It's a, no it's a way. winter oasis outside. <laughs> wow, dude, Cascade. There's a blizzard for Cascade. 
<laughs> oh yeah. Um, Whoa. Maybe after this, I'll do a snow angel and send it to you. Dude, you should. That'd be awesome. We'll put it on the South Stands, uh, you know, Instagram yeah. page, um, YouTube channel. All right, boys. Before I get you out of here, uh, first college football playoff rankings were released on Tuesday. Uh, I'm just going to go through the top six. Tennessee, as we know, number one, Ohio State, number two, Georgia, number three, Clemson, number four. Michigan was a bit of a surprise at number five, Alabama, number six. Anything stand out to you from these initial rankings, PVH? I'll start with you. I was a little surprised we were second. Um, uh, yeah. No, you thought I mean, we'd be lower or, or higher? Yeah, I figured we'd be third. Okay. Um, I figured Georgia would be second. Um, uh, yeah, and, you know, candidly, yeah, it, it seemed reasonable. I mean, the first one, you know, I mean, there's so much ball left to be played. Just throw it out there. Right. You know, there's no real rhyme, no reason to it as much as they espouse that, you know, they're doing all this. They, they know the matchups that are coming. So I think they also sort of hedge their bets where they sort of place these teams. Um, you know, Tennessee probably is deservedly the number one team. Yeah. Um, I think they got the best win. Got fucked. A lot of people yeah. are talking about TCU. Yeah. What do you think, CP? What do you think of the, the initial rankings? TCU. Oh, and by the way, it's not the CFP rankings. It's the CAP rankings right now. <laughs> yeah. <right on>. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, like, like I, the, the rankings to me are just like, whatever, you know what I mean? At, at the end of the day, with the four teams the way it is, like the, the, the committee knows they, they know who they, they want. Mm-hmm. It's all about the money, and we all know that. And but you know, there are some some teams in there like LSU. That's such a bullshit 10. Like, I mean, come on, man. Like, yeah, I think that's the well, strength so, of, so of beating Ole Miss the way that they did. Yeah. And they actually have Ole Miss at a number 11 right behind him, who's eight and one. Right. Yeah. See, I, I, I just I wonder how they're setting this up to have two teams from the sec in in the playoff right oh it's there and it's totally oh, yeah. set up for that yep well i i know but then not what what so if if that's what the ultimate goal is then what do we really want to happen this weekend tennessee win alabama lose Georgia we, win. yeah i mean know? i think you like, you want you Al, you want alabama at least in my view to to, to get their second loss Right, and so LSU to come out of that division as a two-loss team, uh, yeah, perhaps they. Like, I mean, right? Yeah, not yeah. even taking the college football like playoff out of the picture. I want fuck like any fucking loss that Bama gets, like, and that's just not being a prick. I mean, that's like if you're a SEC homer, that's just like fuck Alabama. Like, I want them to lose <laughs> again. You know I just mean? don't want to. I don't want to face Bryce Young in a playoff game. I'm no, sorry, dude, not with our not with insane. our corners, man. He's that guy. He's crazy. Our, like, you know, like our corners, I feel like they're getting better, though. And I feel like by the time we get to the like, you know, the end of the year, I think that Knowles is going to have them like, you know, making better decisions, you know, like not getting burnt. Like, I, I just I, I I think we're on the right path there. Well, Denzel um, Burke said today he was interviewed there. today. He, he had a, a, an, a shoulder injury that he sustained during the offseason that he had to work through and he missed a lot of reps, a lot of practice. Uh, practice reps, sorry. And then um, he also had this hand injury where I, I think he had a ligament, I think he said it was separated from a finger or something. So he's finally healthy. And now we're starting to see a little bit more of Jordan Hancock, 
They're starting to fold him in a little bit more. That's a position to watch. Yeah, getting him back is big. Yeah. Um, so oh, it, Cam it, Brown, he hasn't played in what? Two Cam games? Brown, and I've just stopped relying on Cam Brown because he just he just he's he's not a big guy. Uh, he's got an injury history. I just don't know how much stock you can put into him. But yeah, I mean, it'd be great. It'd be great if he were healthy and he were a part of the rotation. Um, but uh, yeah, I, the only real surprise to me was Michigan at five. I thought they'd be in at, at four. The the yeah, you know, Clemson, according to their the playoff committee's own rankings, has three top twenty five wins already. I believe Syracuse, Wake Forest, and NC State. So that's probably the difference. And, and Michigan's non conference was a joke, but also maybe the committee is taking note of a very one dimensional Michigan offense with a limited player at quarterback, whether it's his own limitations or limitations placed on him by the Michigan coaching staff. So that stood out to me. I thought Michigan would be in at number four. Everybody just seems to be singing their praises. Well, um, one thing I can guarantee you, there's not one person on that committee that has spent more time probably watching Michigan than you, buddy. And, <laughs> and your analysis. Yeah. Of, <laughs> so I, I wouldn't give them that much credit. Yeah. yeah maybe you could you. be right about that. And and the committee does have some you know pretty, pretty, Serious respect, I think, for Penn State. They got Penn State in at number fifteen uh, with their two losses. You know, the only two losses being Michigan and Ohio State. So, uh, you know, after the Michigan loss, I was pretty hard on Penn State, and I, you know, um, but uh, I, I guess you know they earned my respect with the way they played against Ohio State last week. You know, well, the- so so I know this is a total sidebar, like, but if you're a Penn State fan, like, how do you feel about Franklin? Because like, God damn it, he be can't frustrated. get over the hump. But, you know, it's like they're on the precipice, but they never really get there. You know, yeah. it's it's it, it's got to be frustrating. Kind of a- I think they can do better uh, personally. I mean, I, I he's now something like, what is it, 2-11 and 11 or something against the top 10. He just – He's getting recruits, man. It's like just yeah, crazy. Yeah, he recruits really well. Yeah. Like, look at those two running backs, dude. They're bad. They're, they're those – those boys are thoroughbreds. Yeah. No, I, I agree. He can recruit. And, you know, how much of that is just Penn State and the Penn State right. brand and, you know. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. I, I'd be very frustrated you, with, with him. You talk you talk about, like, just going from, like, you know, like day to night, black to white, like <laughs> Penn State, like this, that, that those fans and like the, in the team, you saw it. Like when they, like, they, we, we've got a chance, like we're, we're going to win this game. Then all of a sudden it just went like, oh, they, like it was like, you know, they were, it was gone. It was yeah. like, yeah. What's that movie? Uh, usual suspect. Kaiser yeah. Soze. <laughs> Kaiser Soze. Yeah. yeah. No, I stayed offense. Right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Santa Claus. I mean, I, I, I hope Ohio State doesn't get to the point where they, they just come to rely on those second half runs to put teams right. away. I, right. I don't, I, mean, I don't like that Z, at yeah. all. I mean, I would like this to come out like just one game. I don't care if it's Northwestern, but just one game, like just a, like soon, just to make me feel better that like we actually can get out of the gates, like, yeah. you know, normal. Instead of just like being in a quicksand sandbox for the first half. And it's like, what the, f-, you know, like just right. bullshit. <laughs> yeah. Your own personal hell, bro. <laughs> yeah. The quicksand sandbox. If you wake up every I mean, Monday thinking about your own personal quicksand sandbox. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, but, you know, the, the, you know, despite their struggles the last two weeks, we're still talking about a 54 to 10 win 
and a 44 to 30, 31 win on the road against the top 15 team, you know, a team that the college football playoff committee really respects. So it's hard to be too critical, but, but yeah, I'm with you. What I'm thinking is down the line against Michigan in the playoff. I just, you know, those are games where you don't want to bank on, you know, a 28 zip run in the fourth quarter, right? I mean, you don't want to have to bank on that. You don't want to bank on it, but also you're, you're also, you're never out of a game either. And they, they recognize that for sure. Yeah. And you know, so as the competition stiffens, guess what? These are what these games are going to be. And I think, it was funny. I was talking to my dad about it earlier today and he's like, well, they haven't played anybody. And I'm like, I understand, you know, like he's like, you need those tough games. I'm like, that was a tough game though. Right. Yeah. They pulled it out of the fire and just that understanding that will to win. Like we know we can win this game, no matter what the circumstances are. um, I think it's huge and it'll pay dividends down the road. And the other thing I was thinking, and I forgot about this when like it was looking a little bleak against Penn state, like, this is their year, right? They need to cash the ticket this year, you know, because Stroud's gone. This defense is playing just out of their minds. We know what the offense can do. Right. So true. You're going to have McCord back there next year. Yeah. They got to get it done this year. They they do. But then again, then again, that 2021 class, they're all coming back. Right, they're not draft eligible. Not the quarterback, though. Not the, not the quarterback. quarterback. No, you're right. You're right. Absolutely. No. I mean, look, all the ingredients are there. I totally agree with you. Right. You got to take advantage of your opportunities when I, you have them. You know, because nothing's I, guaranteed. Yeah. I think McCord's going to be fine, though. It is interesting because so your old man PVH said, "Well, we haven't played anybody yet, but you're looking at a schedule. You'd have told me Big a Joe. schedule that includes Notre Dame, Wisconsin, <laughs> Michigan State, Iowa, and Penn State through what is it? Nine games, eight games." Uh, they played quote unquote nobody. It's weird that well, all those so teams is, are kind of down this year, yeah, but, except for Penn State. Yeah. And and this is his context, right? Like he wants us to play like the Michigan State basketball conference. And we right, argue about this all the time. Like right. that doesn't he's gonna listen to this, he's gonna be laughing. I'm like, dude, it doesn't work that way. And by <laughs> the way, you know, like we did schedule a top five team in the non-conference. God damn it, the rest of the Big Ten, get better. You know, yeah. we can't control that Northwestern's this bad. Um, and then I had to tell him, like, well, guess what? Michigan's strength of schedule is way worse than ours. <laughs> totally. Uh, yeah. So, um, and they can't score in the red zone against is, any of those teams. Yeah. The point <laughs> is, you want some adversity. And I think sure. that's good, right? I, yeah. I think the Penn State game was good for them, right? Notre and Dame. gives them belief. Notre they, Dame, too. They can, they can do this. Yeah. The, the Notre Dame game was, there was some adversity right out of the, the gates against Notre Dame, too, which, you know, Notre Dame can seem to elevate their play against their better competition. It's just, it's weird. I, for whatever reason, they play, they play the top tier competition, they elevate their play against top tier competition, but there was some adversity in that game too. And Stroud made some huge plays Absolutely. in the fourth quarter there. I, I, but I, but it is weird though, right? If we, you'd have told me two years ago, you know, looking at this schedule that, uh, you know, Notre Dame, Wisconsin would be down and Iowa, who always plays us tough, we'd beat by 44 points and Michigan state who coming off an 11 win season last year would stink um, you know, it's, it's, it's crazy that the schedule, that this schedule turned out to be kind yeah, of a paper, weak schedule. It looked like murderer's row yeah. when the season started. Yeah, absolutely. All right, fellas. Well, listen, I think that was a pretty good effort for a Thursday night. I think I'm going to let you go on that note. 
and we will reconvene next week at this time, same time, same place, to have a look at the Indiana game. You've been listening to The South Stands, a Buckeye football podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and visit our website at southstandsosu.com.